Test one, two, one, two. This is Juanqui. And this is Hulk. And this, this is, is the JMH Podcast. I hit the function, hit the rose till I hiccup. I hit the stage and leave with money that's a sticker. She picture perfect, so I told him I'm a flicker. Bill, I'm in the move for a change Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the JNH Podcast. I am the Incredible Hawk. And I am Wonky. Hey, Wonky, how are you today? I am good. How are you, Hawk? I was a little quick. What do you mean? Like, I almost cut you off and say, hey. Oh, I'm used to it. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah. Just keep going. Any, Remember no, no. what we learned last time? What did we learn? With my Toyota degree. <laughs> what are you supposed to do when you're improving? One of, one of the five rules of improv? Uh, to go to sleep? No, accept, accept, accept. So you trampled over my last line and I kept on going. I, kept... I accepted the fact that it's about you and not me, even though my name is on the motherfucking marquee up in Except here. Except for the fact that I kept going after I said that I almost trampled right. you. But... Anyway, hello everybody. Welcome to another edition of the podcast. With that said, would you please cue my music with the spiritual stuff? <laughs> Let's go. Thank you. All right, so uh, this week's Energy card pull comes from the Moonology deck, a 44 card deck from Jasmine Bolin. All right, and this one revolves around the faces of the moon. Okay, so um, I pulled three cards, and the first one that I pulled is Prosperity Lies Ahead, New Moon in Taurus. We actually have a full moon coming up now in, uh, in about a couple of days. I think it's February 1st or 2nd, depending on where you are in the world. Or is it, or is it January first. 31st or February No, it's 1st. February 1st at 12. It's coming up. Yeah. We're like literally like just a couple of days away. And so prosperity lies ahead for the Tauruses. Um, this is a good time with the moon for you to make a financial plan for the next 12 months. Um, if you stay focused, you will be able to achieve what you're trying to achieve. Um, prosperity, not only in financial matters, but also in manifesting you know, if you want something to, if you have certain goals, write them out, hang them up in, in your mirror, in the bathroom, in the mirror, in the, in the walls, in, in your room, just so that you can see them, leave them in your dresser, so that everything that you're working towards and your energy that you're, you know, you're concentrating your energy is towards that goal. With this new moon, like I said, if you sit down and you write your 12-month plan, it's a good way to start the, the phases of the moon for the for the year for the new year so um this card says that you will have prosperity and that your mind also your thoughts will create your reality so make sure that you stay positive minded the second card that i pull is gibbons moon you're very close to achieving your goal for those of you guys who have been working towards something for um for some time and you feel like it's not gonna happen like it's not there this energy card is telling you to keep going because you're almost there you are at the at the verge of making it happen i know it's been a difficult journey and it's been a difficult um, task to get there but it's all been part of the journey uh, not to be uh, cliche, right? It's all been part of the journey and you needed to go through those trials and tribulations to get the bigger reward. You're almost there. Don't give up. Keep manifesting. Keep positive-minded and you will succeed. And then the final one is full moon in Leo. Don't let pride get in your way. So Leos, Leos, my Leos, the lion, lion king, right? Uh, very... Uh, very smart, very strong-minded individual, very fearless individuals. However, you can, and they're the king of the pride, but you cannot let your pride get in your way. Sometimes 
you have to humble yourself. Sometimes you gotta get a little bit of that humble pie. Sometimes you have to stop and really acknowledge that you just went through a lesson and, it, and you had to learn the lesson and you maybe were not at the top of the pride at this point, but in learning the lesson and knowing what it is that you went through and the faces of it and what you learn, especially what you learn is the most important part, you end up achieving and you end up being victorious. So this card is reminding you to, I know that you are the king of the jungle, Leos, okay, I get it. But once in a while, you have to step back. You have to take a look at the larger picture. You have to see the entire jungle for what it is, the ecosystem that the jungle is. I know you are the top of the pyramid, but every single organism plays a role in the ecosystem, if you know what I'm saying. So make sure that you're not letting pride get in your way. And those are your messages from my energies to yours. That was nice. I feel like some of them speaks to me. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you're sitting right next to me, yeah, so, so maybe the energy is right to you. Yeah, it's letting me know, like, yeah, thank you for that again. So listen, all right, let's get into some of the new topics for this week. Cardi B, she's paying for the funerals of the victims in that Bronx fire. Remember I told you uh, last episode about the fire in the Bronx, the right. 18 people I believe that passed away? Yeah. So she decided to pay for all of their funerals because you know she's from the Bronx. Mm -hmm. She's from the motherfucking Bronx. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, so I think that's dope. Okay. Think about that. You want to hear what I really think about it? About paying for the uh, funerals? Yeah. Yeah, tell me. I think that uh, the record company writing a check and, and throwing it in her budget... As a publicity stunt, it is what it is. Uh, I think that if Cardi B really wanted to pay for their um, situation, for their funeral arrangements, she would have done it anonymously. I think that when you have somebody as Cardi B as a machine and there's monies that need to be given away because of tax write-offs and all that and just involvement in the community, you pull a stunt like this. You could have easily paid for this without even know, nobody even knowing that it was you. You could have write up a check. You would, could have had anybody in your team go down there, reach out, and just write up a check from the uh, corporate account or whatever. Nobody needs to know that it's mine. Cardi B doesn't travel or check into places on the Cardi B. They have special names and all that when they travel. Yeah. They could have wrote, written it up under that name. There's no reason why the media knew within hours that Cardi B was paying for these funeral arrangements. That right there to me says this is not about being kind-hearted and all that. That says to me this is about the business. This is about putting her in a good light. This is about a record company. And so okay. I feel ways about it. I think that... I do. Okay, your, 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 uh, your opinion is valid. I think that it was more like a... Everybody knows she's from the Bronx. She says it all the time. And I think people would have expected her to step up. So she just took the initiative to step up for her borough to rep where she from like she does on her music. And I think she just like, yeah, I'm going to rep for my people and I'm going to do it. And people would have found out anyway. So well, I get in the publicity stunt. Of course. No, of course. You, 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 like, you want to you know who gives a lot of money quietly that you don't even know? Who? Oprah Winfrey. Quietly, you don't yeah. even know. Yeah. You don't even know. And she's giving millions and millions of dollars. Jay you want to know who too? too. Uh, him too. And you know, you know who too? Beyonce. Bill, uh, Bill and Melinda Gates. You oh, hear yeah, some I, of the grants that they give, but you you don't hear a, a lot more about the ones that they don't uh, talk that they about. Don't, yeah. That you don't know. So I miss me with that bullshit. Miss me with okay. that bullshit. It's it's not. It, it was. And it, I thought it was in poor taste for it to come out so shortly after. If it was really a matter of like, you know what, I want to do something for. Stay anonymous. 
Mm. You know what I'm saying? To stay anonymous. Do what you got to do anonymously. I would, I would stay anonymous because I would never want people to know what I have. But she's a public figure. And plus... Exactly. Know, and can, she needed to get her... She was going to ride this train until the wheels fell off. Well, maybe she knew that she was about to win this lawsuit. And she was just going to use some of the proceeds from Tasha K. Tasha K can't pay that money no time soon. So, <laughs> you think speaking so? of which... She's worth how much? Was it Tasha K is just one million right now. She's only worth one million, and she got like one point three. And then okay, so and she definitely got sued for I think over four million dollars, right? That she has to pay. So did you think Cardi B was gonna win the lawsuit? Um, you know, because she has more resources, I felt like it was gonna go her way more because this was a jury, and you know she's she has the bigger celebrity Mm -hmm. than Tasha K. Uh, yeah, I thought it was gonna go her way. I didn't think it was gonna be that much money, but I thought it was gonna go her way. I think they made an example out of Tasha K. Tasha K being a fellow content creator on YouTube. Mm-hmm. She's kind of like a shock jock. She, uh, to be quite honest, she's just trying to, to my, in my opinion, okay, okay, in my humble opinion. Uh-oh. And I watched Tasha K. I watched that episode live where the whole Cardi B went down. I was living in um, Harlem mm-hmm. at that point, sitting on the couch watching it live. Um, I've been watching Tasha K since she was very low numbers and pretty much unknown. So. And then I stopped because it was just too much. She it was got just too commercial. much. She got too commercial, but also it was just like, okay, it's it was just not my thing, you know. Did this did this set a precedence for YouTubers and how they comment? Yes. Uh, um, people feel like now that they have to be uh, walking around eggshells, you uh, know, uh, when it comes down to their commentary and all that. I think. Listen, I think if you're gonna get on social media and talk about people's health status and all that, not knowing. It to be a hundred percent accurate. There is a problem with that. At the same time, if you have some type of celebrity, uh, you know, you are a celebrity and you have celebritism, I think it's called, when you have, you know, that clout, uh, people are gonna say everything. And they said Beyonce had babies and frisbees, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and that Jay Z had a baby birth to by a frisbee somebody else. And, 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 well, we all know that. Let no, I me mean, not say that because yeah, I don't know that to be true. Because I've never heard of that until I you, heard it when you free, brought, when you said free it from, when you told me that I looked it up free, and they said, yeah. but I I don't think so. Yeah, they said free. Well, I heard because I've I've read a lot, and yeah. so I, it was actually one of the Wendy Williams books oh, or God. articles. And the thing about Wendy Williams, back in the day when she was in um, in radio, Wendy Williams would get, because everybody was listening to her, she would get doctors and, and nurses and people in, in, in courtrooms faxing her people's charts, medical charts, yeah. sending recordings, sending, like, all of that. So this is, like, people who were, you know, at the scene and stuff like that. So I heard it from Wendy Williams that Free had a baby. Allegedly. That, um... That's what I heard from her. I'm not trying to get Tasha K out here, allegedly. That that Free had the baby by JC. Allegedly. And that JC was in the hospital. He actually went in and went out. That the nurses saw him on the whole night. And Wendy Williams was reporting on it on on the radio. But you know people think all black people look alike. I'm not going to go off that. But... You know what it is? I think that um, with Tasha K, people are being a little dramatic now. Tasha K, she admitted in court that she knew she was lying, lying and that she did right. everything because she just wanted to say it to get her views and everything. So it's not like people need to be careful with what they say on, you know, co- with commentary on YouTube. You can't do that in real life. Like, I can't just go around slandering your name and saying things about your health status or, you know, if you had or just making stuff up about anybody anywhere because you can get sued. So I think also where people get in trouble, where where she get in trouble, you know, where she gets in trouble, too, is as a YouTuber, I think there's nothing wrong with you saying this is my opinion. 
You know, you have the right to have your own opinion. You have the right to look at the most successful person and think they ain't shit. Of course. You know what I'm saying? And you can say that. I, okay, I think this person ain't shit, even though they're a billionaire. Yeah. I don't think they're successful, even though their dossier will show that they are very successful. Well, success is different for people. But. Exactly, because it's a, but that's just an opinion. So you have the right. But when you start getting into... Tasha Kay's whole thing from the beginning was that she was a journalist. Mm. Now, I know she spent some time in like community radio and stuff like that, but... There's a certain level of, um, I'm going to use the word rights, for lack of a better term, that a, mem a member of the press has that a regular commenter or regular person does not have. Yeah. But you have to be part of a press. Like, you have to be part of a group. You mm -hmm. have to work in, like, you know, like at a, for a newspaper, and you have to have, like, credentials. You can't just get on a computer and say, oh, I'm reporting, I'm a news reporter. You can't, because you're not. Yeah, you don't have the uh, the the clearance and even certain if you, stuff even like if that. you went to school for um, journalism. journalism and media broadcasting, are you on the contract with a network? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, do you report to a newspaper? Do you report to a radio station? No, you go on YouTube and you just run your mouth. Yeah, that's very different. But see, she she messed up because she tried to state everything as a fact. And that you too. can't do that. that Everything, is, listen, allegedly, 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 that one word. Or simply your opinion. Will, or those two words, well, statements. Or we can't verify this, but this is what I think happened. Those three statements that you just previously heard will save you from millions of dollars in lawsuits, thousands of dollars in lawsuits. Allegedly, this is my opinion, or I cannot verify this, but I heard. You do not ever say that things are a fact unless you have the paperwork right. in front of you. And I think they actually pulled that allegedly and the the judge specified that it's also not just because you say allegedly on a statement that it's it's a little bit more involved than that so i think people are going to be a little more aware they have to do a little more research and just know better before they yeah. get on a platform okay but if people call you ugly you're not going to get a lawsuit from yeah that, no so. people calling you ugly and things people like that you that's, fat and da, 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 that's no. all I, but it's you have this disease you're dying from yeah. this you rob this person you have this felony those things like that so yeah. But anyway, moving on. All right, we are going to take a quick musical break and then we'll be back with our discussion for the episode. Hey. I got blessings falling on me. I got weapons, Nino on me. Stat like Tetris, you don't know me. Stat my fatty, you don't know me. Okay, hey now, it's a new kid on the playground. So many bags on me, you would have thought I was a spray ground. Now they know I don't play around. My flight maps, coast to coast, no, they ain't in town. I get rich, watch, then I get a sick watch. Watch me hit the top, I might make a TikTok. Left hand, right hand. Catch the latest trend, I might double up my network. I've been going up now, I see the top going down. If you didn't know now, I know you know now. Best cause she could go on top, you're not really top. And that was Going Top by NBHD Nick. Hey. He's like the resident DJ here. Resident, like, <laughs> resident artist. Can we get a different artist? We, listen, they got to step their game up. They got Yeah, because there's not a lot of good artists out there. Anyway, no so offense. for today's discussion, we are talking about you can never go home again. Never, never go, go home, home again. again. Hulk, when you hear never go home again, what does that mean to you? All right. So I would say right off the top of my head, never go home again is basically... I don't fit in with the place that I am from. Okay. Like, I can never go back because I don't fit in that system anymore. You're not what going to you? the barbecue? No. 
I don't want. I don't want the, the bar- black party. I don't even eat meat like that. The black party. What about the black party? I'm not going to the black Mrs. party. Mrs. Jenkins send the petition out. The, you know the basketball team is you know going to be crazy? there. Oh no, that wasn't her name. But I remember the black parties. The black parties were fun. But yeah, no. Until night fell and then the Until, gunshots no, came out. You know, it, my, it was a lot of people I knew doing that. So right. I was always safe where I'm from. But I just don't feel like I am a part of that anymore. What about you? How do you feel? What does that mean to you? I'm divided. I'm really divided. I find that uh, never go home again to me means the moments, because I lived in a lot of different communities. I lived in DR. I lived in Puerto Rico. I lived all over New York City. Um, I find that when I think of that never go home again, I think of the communities that I lived in where uh, we were struggling. Those I never want to go back to. Mm-hmm. Like I can say that once I left Brooklyn, I I literally I returned and I call it the island of Brooklyn. I went back into the island of Brooklyn maybe a couple more times, and that's because I had shows there, mm-hmm. and the show uh, rented a car for us, so I got in in Manhattan in my car, <laughs> got to the show location, <laughs> performed, and went from the stage door to the Uber, and then back into and the city. Out. Yeah, and it's because my memories of when I lived in in Brooklyn. I mean, we're a struggle. I lived in projects in the, when I was in Brooklyn. Marcy mm-hmm. Projects, Juana Projects, Myrtle Avenue. Uh, it, was, it was rough. It was us trying to make it in America. So I, I don't miss those times, and I would never go back there. Yeah, I think that my childhood growing up, I did have fun. My mom made it feel like we weren't as poor as we were. Mm-hmm. Like, now that I look back, I could see where she struggled, and I have a lot more respect for her and stuff. But it's just, like, I'll drive through my old city, and I will, like I used to, you know, ride with the music down. Like, you're going to see me in this new car. Or every time, like, I just wanted to be seen. But then it was like, people would try to wave at me and stop me. And I was like, you're not getting in my car, bro. Uh, like, I know you got drugs huh. in your pocket. Ooh. Like, I know the police may be watching you. Like, most of the people are that I grew up with are... Uh, you know how you used to see people hang out at the bodegas mm-hmm. and the older people when you were younger? Mm-hmm. Most of my people became that. And I, I'm looking at them like, yo, all the things we've witnessed growing up and you chose to replace those old heads on the block. And now you're standing out here selling drugs. And, they, you know, they scream my name, wave me down, but my music is loud. So I just pretend I can't hear them. Now, I don't even go back. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't go back. And to that point about standing in the corner and whatever... I was, when I was a bachelor recently, this was about maybe seven years ago, in Washington Heights, which was like, that was like my bachelor pad. I was single. I had a nice apartment in the top floor. Mm. It was a walk up, 86 steps to go Devil walk. Is a lie. You know, 86 steps, but my body was tight from <laughs> exercising. I would go up running, running, yeah. like running to exercise. And, um, but I would leave there and I would go downtown to go work. That's when I lived in Manhattan. I lived in Manhattan a couple of times in uh, different places in Manhattan, Washington Heights, Harlem, Central Park West. And so when I, and each time it got better. Uh, yeah, elevated. Well, yeah, elevated. Elevated. But um, I, I would leave to go to work and leave a crew, uh, you know, playing dominoes in the corner, drinking beer. And I would come back home. I would leave like at 6 a.m., and come back yeah. home at six or seven after rehearsals or whatever I was doing for the day, and I would leave the same him. people there with yeah. the with the cards, with the drinks, with the smokes, with the music, and, and I was just like, wow, every day, and it's a recycle. They do yeah. that every day. I just can't. I I can't be there. Like I work too hard to 
get out of there to go back there. Mm-hmm. And plus, I look at all these rappers who go back like Nipsey or or uh, uh, Young Duff. They go back, try to help their community, and they get gunned down. I'm not for that. I'm suburban now. Yeah, Sorry. I don't. I don't really. When I was there, and all the communities that I lived in, I didn't. It's not like I really socialized with the neighbors or the neighborhood or whatever. I mean, I knew my neighbors from the elevator once I got to um, Harlem and Central Park West, mm-hmm. from the elevator and or at the mailbox doors or whatever, mailboxes or whatever. But I never went to their house. They were never invited to my house. They, the relationship didn't go beyond hello. the hallway. And hello, good morning, <laughs> good night, good evening, yeah, whatever, yeah. happy new year. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I don't care if they were nice. I don't care if it was Mrs. Jenkins and she was 85 years old. Nope. I, I don't know what she got going on. I don't trust like that in that yeah. setting. So thinking about, you know, when you look back and how do you feel about home, even the nice places that I lived in, I don't really get an emotional attachment. Yeah. Because for me, it was just a place for me to rest my head, a safe spot once I close my door, a safe spot. Many times that I have people come over uh, to my house, they will comment on how once they walk through my door and the door closed, how they felt transported into a whole different environment. environment. Mm -hmm. A, because my environment was set up differently. I will have like meditation music playing from speakers. Like, what happened? Yeah, like you will hear waterfalls. And like, yeah, you will hear like the rainforest. The tropics in the hood. And in my room, like when I I would go to sleep, like special lighting would come on and I had with the iPad I had it set up so that by six AM uh or four forty five, five forty five, like music will come on, like Zen music will come on and you wake up to like the birds. And Welcome. Shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so that was my environment. You know, you gotta make your environment That is dope. So when I think of home, yeah, do I get a little emotional about what's in my house? Yeah, because I it was really my experience. You know, like I set it up, I paid for everything, it was my thing. But outside my door, from my door, I'll hell fucking no. No. Absolutely not. I think for me, it's, Fuck them it's bitches. The, <laughs> that's how I feel now. I had a great experience uh, outside and inside. So I chilled with everybody. We were like our block was like a four or five block radius, but we were like a gang. Like we went everywhere together. We went to school together. It was 30 of us walking to school together. Like we were all family. Well, most of them were, you know, my family. So it, it wasn't the safest place, but because it was my family, we weren't really the ones being attacked, you know. So now, now let me ask you this. Uh, two two different questions. Um, do you feel do you feel like it's necessary like once you become a successful person um, where you can you know have some disposable income and maybe make a donation or anything like that? Do you feel like it is your duty to go back and give back to the community that you grew up in? Listen, um, that's a great question, and I used to want to go back. Like I had dreams of buying my old house that we grew up in. I wanted to build like a a rec center. I always had these aspirations to, you know, start programs to help teach, you know, people where we're from about credit and Mm -hmm. and, and finances. Fuck all that. No, I don't. I I can't go back. It's just, first of all, there are new sets of people there that I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm older now. So everybody has moved out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other ones are in jail or dead or wherever they are. It's just, I don't have that connection anymore. Like when I go back to the city, the only things that I want to like sometimes I'll drive past my old house because it gives you like those little flashbacks in your head of when you were a kid and the things you've done but I would it's just a couple of restaurants that I like and that's it and then I'm out 
So a quick story. Um, I would say, uh, when was the last that I was living in Harlem? When I was living in Harlem, which was pretty recently, when I was living in Harlem, I uh, Central Park West. You know, that's that's he, that's he had I, to make sure he threw that in there. Central Park West. What is Central Park West? Um, well, Central Park is what's my backyard. Oh, Central the Park Park. The Park Park. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. okay. The side, like the side with the uh, lake and the uh, oh, ice very, skating rink. It's very beautiful there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I used to. That's, that's where, where they I film to, a lot of like Law and Order. Too. That's where I used to go do my power walks and uh, my meditation, <laughs> and you know, say if I came home and I was just a little tired, I needed a change of scenery. Yeah, I would just step right out, and I was in Central Park, and I would just. That is amazing. Enjoy the birds, the fresh air, like all of that. Okay, so, okay, that is amazing. You know, you know, you know, you talk about oh, backyard access. That that was my backyard. That was access. your backyard. Yeah, just Look Central that. Park. That's yeah. just that's the bourgeois. <laughs> in him. Anyway, because I was able to, uh, I think at that point, that's where my career had taken, um, has gone the highest, and I was doing pretty well for myself at that point. I spoke with my uh, tax person that year because we needed to do a couple of things just so that the man didn't kill me with the payroll, <laughs> with, the, with taxes. the taxes and shit like that. <laughs> and so um, I've always, and this is kind of counterproductive now because I just drug uh, Cardi B for, you know, that. But anyway, I was told that I needed to make some donations to kind of offset some things in my budget, right? Mm -hmm. So... Um, I, you know, I, I usually give to the like Red Cross and stuff like that, but they were like, no, you need to do a little more. So what do you want to do? I said, well, let me see if I can find a nonprofit in Harlem that's for young people and all that. And this, so I spent literally like two months researching nonprofits that were for young people that were around the blocks where I live, like wow. a couple of blocks from there. Mm -hmm. And it was so sad because there was a basketball team that I, you know, I thought, okay, maybe this young man's basketball team. I look and look into their finances. It did not look legit. It did not sound like it was uh, their 501c3. 501c3 wasn't even active. Like, so it's like, I had to look around and look around, look around. And unfortunately in the community, I didn't see anything that was like legit or anything that was fully inclusive. Everything was gotcha. everything was like ran by one or two people out of their home. Oh no! That's what the what the address was like the registration address, and and it wasn't active all year. And, and it's like okay, mm -mm. I'm not gonna give a donation. Scam alert! Exactly, I'm not gonna give a donation. And then and then that was my community at the time, but I didn't grow up in that community. You know uh -huh. what I'm saying? Like I I landed there once I was doing really well for myself. Hmm. The buildings around there were like multi-million oh, dollar you buildings. you didn't grow up there, so you don't know the people. Exactly. Yeah. So when I started okay. doing the research, I'm like, this looks a little fishy to me. So I couldn't find anybody there to, you know, to give the donation. to. So so when you, do I feel like I need to give when I go back? Am I my brother's keeper? And I, to be quite honest, uh, no, nope. I don't. Because environments change, right? Gentrification happens all the time. People go in and out. You know, I, I don't necessarily feel like I'm obligated to go to the place where I grew up because I grew up in a lot of ghettos and a lot of poor environments mm -hmm. where it was very rough and very unsafe. And I don't know, I'm probably, if we go back now, it's still the same. Yep. It's just a new cast of characters. Who don't know who you are. Exactly. Which means you're not safe. Exactly. Yeah, so no. I don't feel any ties whatsoever. Now it might sound harsh. But I don't feel any ties to where I grew up. But no, I don't. I don't. I'd rather give my money to a national reputable situation or to a scholarship fund for my local community college or where I'm an alum from. Like that, those are, I'd rather make an impact that way 
than in these environments that you don't even know like what's happening behind closed Especially doors. Especially today, because yeah. everybody's a scammer. Yeah. You know Michael Jackson, sidebar, uh, he used to take basically his own donations and he would fly them to like Africa and stuff like that. Uh, he never like really donated to anybody. I remember he filled up an airplane full of goods and everything and flew that shit to Africa. And then what? To give to donate to the people in person. He wouldn't give his money to people. Right. To yeah, 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 yeah. Like so he like even with Wyclef and even Fat Joe. And I remember when uh, yeah. all that happened in Puerto Rico, they flew private jets full of material yeah. out there to help yeah. people because they don't trust these organizations. So, all right. So let me ask you this question. Where is home to you? Like, where is home now? Mm, where is home? Well, I think that, honestly, I think home is a state of mind. Not to be cliche, but um, uh, obviously we have a really wonderful space where we where we live right now. Yeah. And you and I have made um, our own home. And we got our own stuff going on, our own traditions and stuff like that. But to me, really, home is a state of mind. I spent, before the pandemic... And when I was on tour, I spent a lot of time in theaters and in dressing rooms. So to me, that was my home. Rehearsal spaces, that's where I feel at home. When I'm on the stage, that's where I feel most at home. So to me, home is more of like a state of mind and a feeling. Mm -hmm. You know, where is home to you? I used to think that home was a place. And then I went searching for that place outside of, you know, New Jersey, New York, uh, you know, the places that I'm used to being like, you know, I can travel around Pennsylvania, stuff like that. I went to Cali. I went to Vegas. I went to a lot of places and I thought Florida was home for me, but I think Florida, it just gives me a different side of me. Mm -hmm. So it, it, like, I feel at home in Florida, but home is wherever you are. Like mm -hmm. I'm going to be wherever you are and wherever you are, I'm the happiest. So but it is definitely a state of mind. Like when I'm riding my motorcycle, I feel at peace at home. Mm -hmm. Like that's my, mm -hmm. like that's my escape. Like mentally, emotionally, like when I'm riding a bike or when I'm, you know, here with you. But that's about it. I don't think I'm tied to a place anymore. Like I'm over that. And I feel like you can have like home could be multiple places. It doesn't just have to be one specific area. Uh, yeah, it's just everywhere. Right now. How has the pandemic changed your view on home? Lord, you, you want to go first with that? Sure. Um, well, we've been com confined to these spaces. Well, it's a little different for us. I'm going to speak for myself, but I'm sure you can relate because we never we were never really confined to our home, but for socialization. And, you know, I kind of always been an anti-social, right? Mm -hmm. But um, in terms of how has it changed? Well, it's forced me to be more at home in terms of the place that I pay rent at. So <laughs> yes. um, it, that's been a little bit, it's taken a little bit of a toll in my mental health because it's yes. like I'm used to being about, out and about. Even though I can say that I'm an antisocial, I'm an antisocial that can be and go to events because I will go either by myself and stick to myself or with a very limited um, crew that makes sense to go, like people who are part of it or yeah. who who bring something to the table. And just carve out your little corner. Exactly. And, and, and there's a purpose for us to be there and there's conversations that happen about us being there, that type of situation. So I haven't been able to do that now in, in three years, right? Yeah. So how has the pandemic changed my view of home? Well, at times it makes me like, oh, home. I need to get out of here. I need to step out. Mm -hmm. But in terms of like the homely feeling and it is where I'm at, yeah, no, it, it's it's still what it is. It's I make home wherever I am. 
Okay. You know, I've had to, home has been the office sometimes when I've had to work weekends, work late because I'm finishing a project or whatever. Um, what about you? I feel like the pandemic really, it didn't bother me at first. When the pandemic started, I was living in uh, South Florida. It didn't, you know, and they don't care about COVID down there. So I still was being very cautious and masking up wherever I went. And I pick and chose where I was going, but it's a lot of open f- space down there. So I didn't necessarily have to be around people to be around people. And I would just, you know, I was more free in Florida. I would hop on my bike, go to the beach. I would chill, go to a nice little vegan spot. They have a lot of parks out there where I would just go walk around. I would walk around my neighborhood because I lived in a, a nice community where crime was non-existent. So it didn't really impact me down there. Now, moving back to New York with you, I feel more confined and everything is so, I feel like being up here is like a prison in some sense because you can't really do anything or go anywhere. Everything is locked down or it's just a lot of idiots up here. It's too crowded to for me to even feel comfortable going to certain places to enjoy myself. So it, it it's kind of like, yeah, COVID pandemic kind of made me feel a little restricted Mm -hmm. and I don't like that feeling and it's starting to bother me it just started to really really bother me in the last couple weeks where I start thinking like it's like I feel like I'm on repeat right now okay you you feel me like yeah it's just a it's it's taking a toll it's taking a toll and um I want to take this opportunity to um invite everybody to head over to my YouTube channel Juan Key Pro that's J-U-A-N-K-I-P-R-O oh. uh, on YouTube. Like because, and subscribe. Like and subscribe, please. And hit that bell so you can get notified every time I go live. Because hey. I'm like theater. You got to catch me live or else in 48 hours, it's gone. It's gone. That's it. That's it. I'm on a live show. And do you all put on a show? You put on a nice show. Okay. A spectacle. A spe- you're going to get music. You're going to get costumes. You're going to well, get costumes, But you're going to get different you're gonna outfits. You're going to get the looks. You're going to get He got the looks going. Got the glasses. Got the music. Got the lights. It's definitely an experience. And I... Um, Coming up, is there's going to be a video on the, the, the pandemic, like just being drained from the pandemic. Yeah. So I don't really want to talk about that. Um, and you'll see a couple of other things there. You just head over there and, and watch and like and enjoy and yes. comment. You know, feel free to comment. But all right, if you can go back in a time machine and go back 10 years and give yourself a message, what would it be? <laughs> You ten go years. First? I'm gonna use my radio voice for this. No, um, ten years. If I can go back, I would tell myself to invest in Dogecoin a lot more. Oh my God! I was just about to say <laughs> I'm gonna tell myself invest in Zoom. Oh yeah, Zoom, Zoom, Dogecoin. Amazon <laughs> for real. Zoom, Amazon, Tesla. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. No shame in my game. Invest in. Surgical mask N95s. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I, I ain't no shame in my motherfucking game. I would give this is myself America. the lottery numbers. This is America. I would tell myself, <laughs> make sure you invest in PPE. Yes. What yes. the hell is PPE? Look it up. Look PPE. it up. Invest I would start a in company. PPE. I, would, I would be ready for it. Let but... me tell you something. I would not to cut you off. Go no, ahead. Sorry. Go. No, no, go, 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 go. We're good. All right. So listen. Um. Yeah, but no. I right, aside from like I guess monetary things, I would tell myself to uh be a little bit more cautious with spending, to uh be mindful of my my credit, mm-hmm. you know, and make sure that I take care of my finances a lot faster than I did. 
um, I'm pretty good now. I don't think there's not much more. I would tell myself if I changed a lot of things, then I probably wouldn't have met you. Right. right. So I can't really so it has say to be a little subtle. So it has to be a, like a little subtle change that. Yeah, you don't want to be affected. like uh, Back to the Future, where he starts disappearing from the picture and shit. You know. <laughs> yeah, like I like where I am. I love who I'm with. I love where I am with you. So if I would do, I would say, don't cut your hair. I don't let my hair keep growing. Don't cut your hair because it'll fall off on its own. Yeah, <laughs> I, I am not going bald. But I, I, yeah, I don't even know how to answer that without sounding cliche. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. What about you? Uh, well, aside from everything else that I said, and I meant that. Oh, I would. You know, I so. meant all of that investing. I meant it. I will actually tell myself to make sure that I am spending time with quote unquote friends. You know that I'm really. Um, fulfilling my time with with people because and not to scare myself back then and maybe if I tell myself that then I start disappearing from the picture right but I just want to um you know I just want to make sure that I'm I'm really fulfilling my time with people because not to bring this to a downer with this pandemic we have lost a lot of people and uh, I'm just starting to realize the magnitude of fellow performers that are no longer with me and so here, you know, and so it, it's, it's sad, you know, so I would want to tell myself, make sure that I've always lived each, each moment to the best that I could. I've always treated myself. Money has never been an issue. If it's around, if I have it, I'm going to treat myself, especially mm-hmm. if I work hard for it. BMF. But what I will tell myself is to just be a little bit more open to spending more time with people. You know, I'm, I've been very quick in the past and that's probably what has gotten me to the success level that I've had, but I'm very quick to be like, I ain't hanging out with them bitches. You want to know <laughs> why you don't want to come? I don't have to give you a reason. No. Yeah. I just don't feel like it. Like I'm, I was the king of no. Mm. Are you coming to no? Why? <laughs> I don't have to give you a reason. No, I don't feel, I just don't feel like it. I was the king of that. So mm. I might've taken a couple of no's from RSVPs just to spend time and see people in their environment and shine a little bit because they're no longer here. So I think Mm. that's what I would do differently. Well, you know, speaking of that, you did give me one idea. And this is going to sound very crazy, but this is one thing that has bothered me for a very, very long time. Uh, My grandmother, when she was six, she was in a uh, nursing home facility. It was a rehab center. Basically, she was supposed to be there until she got better. And the one day that I went to go see her after work, I had, well, first of all, I didn't stay very long. So I would have stayed a little bit longer that night. Mm -hmm. And then she asked me for something that was really crazy, but I wanted her to get better. She asked me for some chicken, babe. Mm. Right. And I told her, I said, grandma, I can't get you chicken because you have to get better. And they were feeding you on a diet. She died that night. And that hurt me so bad because I was like, I should have just got her her fucking chicken. Like, and it sounds crazy, but I was like, you know, if you're going out, I think my grandmother knew she was dying. And she just didn't yeah. want to tell us. Yeah. And I should have just got her what she asked me for. Well, like, I mean, you know, don't put yourself, don't put that on you like that. Don't, don't put that on you like. Now I was like, you, you know, trying what? to, you know, you were trying to, you were not thinking that that was gonna be her last day, and you were trying to, and you were seeing her get, you know, in your mind, you were seeing her getting out of this facility and being back home where you could have the chicken. Yeah. I get it. Yo, that chicken is slapping though. Like it was. <laughs> well, let me tell you. You know, what's funny that you mentioned that. Dang, grandma. My grandmother, um, when my grandmother passed away, he, she passed away in um, Brooklyn Kings County Hospital. Um, it was a couple of days before her passing. The reason why we had gotten her here from Puerto Rico was for better treatments for her cancer. 
And we used to live in Puerto Rico. We used to live in a building, and in the bottom of the building, there was a chicken shack. Mm. And every day we would get the smell coming up, and it was you could get a little box of chicken with two pieces of chicken and fries. Yeah, uh, you would get it for like two fifty or yeah. something like that. It was really, or two you could get a whole piece, chicken, really. but that was like a little box, right? And so she had a sister, and the sister was coming to visit. And my the, the my aunt, the sister, said to her, what do you want me to bring you from Puerto Rico? And my grandmother said, chicken from downstairs. Yeah. And we didn't think my aunt was going to do it, but my aunt actually bought a chicken box, put it in her, in her luggage, and flew <laughs> on a plane yeah. from Puerto Rico here. Yeah. And then went to the hospital. With the chicken. With the chicken in her purse. Yeah. And I remember her getting it out. And my mom, my grandmother, they heated it up. The nurses heated it up for her. And, and she was eating it with all the grease and everything. No, yeah. no problems. And, and we were just, and my aunt was like, I could not have come here without the chicken. Especially because we knew she was on her way out. Yeah. And she literally died like a couple of days after. Yeah. But she got her her chicken. And that we, was like, you her know, com- like her thing. Like, yeah. She yeah. got her chicken. I, I, and what my aunt was saying, because my mom, like, she was not happy about that because she was supposed to be in a special diet. You yeah. know, they put you on a diet. And my my aunt was, like, arguing with my mom. She was like, I, there was no way I was going to get on a plane and come here. And, never, and first of all, I was, like, I was young, too. But we were like, how the hell did you get chicken, <laughs> fried chicken and fries onto the plane through security and all that onto a plane? Mm-hmm. Like, how did you how do did this? Happen? You know what I'm saying? How did you do this? That's but, crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that yeah, that got to me. So, I, I'm so I feel so bad for that. Like I should have gotten don't, her. Her don't chicken. don't put your and I should and I was like I could have stayed. I was so tired from work and I was like, you know, Grandma, I gotta go, but I'll come back tomorrow. I went to see my grandmother almost every day, and she it was a it was very much out of the way. But I always wanted to just show my face to let her know that you know. I, and I always told her I love her though, and I spent out of everybody in my family, I know I spent the most time with her, mm-hmm. but. That shit don't matter when someone passes away. Because you always feel like you didn't spend enough time, even yeah. though you did. But that damn chicken, yo. That's why I said from now on, if somebody, like, bring me a piece of cake, that cake matters, yo. Well, this is what I this is what I would say to you from a spiritual point of view. I would say, if you feel like that, why don't you make sure that every year on her birthday, you have a meal that's with chicken. Mm. You know, and you can you sit down, you may do your prayer, and then we eat chicken for the evening. I'm going to do that. You know, like celebrating her. And, I don't eat meat like that, but I would but do that. But, you know, but once a year, you can do it once a I year. I would do that. And I that's the way would. of honoring her. Then you light a candle, you set your glass of water, you got yeah. a little water, you may do your prayers, and then we have a meal on, on <laughs> Yo, her. Yo, she used you know. to fuck that chicken uh, up, yo. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> See, no, now I'm glad that we get to leave in a, oh, on a happier yeah, note, yeah. laughing. That's crazy. All right. Well, anyway, thank you for tuning in to another edition of thank the JNH podcast. Please make sure you are hitting subscribe wherever you're getting this podcast at or from. We are coming through bi weekly. That means every other week. You got it. And um, make sure that you're checking us out at Juanqui Pro on YouTube. That's J U A N K I P R O on YouTube. Like and subscribe. All right. With that said, Holt, take us out. Made a wish, now I'm here now. It's for real now. I got everything I wanted and it's jumping like for real now. Out the mud, just another state boy. Now I'm living like for real now. On designer that ain't fly. I'm not lying. Scoop the cat or something fast when I slide. Burning
Or you can stream us at www.jnhpodcast.com. There you will find a player and you can stream us right off our website.